Well, hi everyone and welcome to Rob Evans 365. It is day number 516 and today is the day of the big day of heading to Sydney. Right now I'm driving to the airport. I have checked in online and there are no impacts on my flights because of the bushfires that I spoke about yesterday. Uh, yet, uh, but often these things can change right at the last minute. So I'm, it's uh, 23 minutes past 5am and I'm heading to the airport early because like I said yesterday, if I need to make another plan and drive, then I'm going to... Actually, did I talk about that? I did a Facebook Live yesterday. Maybe it was on the Facebook Live um, where I mentioned this about having a, a plan for the plan and looking at the best case, worst case, most likely scenario. And the most likely scenario in my mind is that the flights will still go. They may be delayed. Uh, but I guess the worst case scenario is that I all the flights are cancelled into Sydney and I have to drive. So I figured the closer I am to the airport, because it's it's kind of the, the right side of town to be heading out to driving to Sydney, the earlier notification I can get, the closer I will be, and I can start driving. It's a nine hour foot drive, um, but I'm gonna get there no matter what, because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I gotta make things happen. Um, but as it stands right now, I'm driving, and uh, it's wet. It's raining a little bit, which the freeways here can completely shut down. Uh, so probably good that I've left nice and early. It's before the peak hour rush, but about to start. So we'll we'll see the traffic as I'm driving over the bridge to get onto the freeway. There's a, quite a lot of cars heading that way. Uh, but today I wanted to discuss a situation that happened to me yesterday. And I wanted you to have a think about uh, whether you shop around for price or value. Because this is a, a question that we're confronted with quite often. And I had a, a phone call from someone yesterday that as soon as I picked up the phone, they said to me, Oh, geez, there's a car in front of me speeding. Oh, man. Right through. Oh, gosh. So I'm sorry for that distraction. So on the, the ramp, the on-ramp here to get onto the freeway, uh, they've got the, the red-green lights, you know, to control the flow of traffic. There's people flying through those doing... Uh, 80 to 100 k's an hour while I'm stopping. It's like they're going straight through a red light. It's like, my goodness. Um, anyway, so was, I've had lots of phone calls like this before where he, I picked up the phone and he said, I want to know how much it is. No other question apart from price. So what does that immediately tell you? Someone is looking for the absolute cheapest possible price. Now, 
if you went through life always getting the, the cheapest in everything, uh, yes, you're paying for a brand in um, you know certain instances, but if if you're failing to look for the value and always shopping around for what is the the cheapest price I can get here, then you're never going to get the true outcome that you want. You're not going to get the value, and sure enough, if you buy something super super cheap then chances are you're going to have to get another one pretty quickly. Now you can always keep buying the super cheap thing, but let's just say that you, I don't know, let's keep it really simple. You go to like the $2 shop here, the super cheap shop, and you buy a pen. Now, chances are that pen is probably not gonna write uh, that well, it may not last that long compared to Maybe if you spend like a few, if you spend a few cents on a pen, you know they they write a bit scratchy. They can they can cut out and you know not be smooth and stuff. Um, then you can keep buying that same pen and get the same result, or you can invest a little bit more. Maybe go to you know the good stationery store, uh, buy a pen that is maybe a dollar, and you find that it's so much better, and you get much more enjoyable outcomes and you know your ability to write and do everything with it is so much better now if you're always going to look for the the cheapest training experience what does that tell you well there's lots of people out there in a very competitive market and you're always going to find somebody that's cheap so anyway i i said to this guy I said, look, um, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions so that I can get to understand what it is that you're looking for? Now, some people will say no straight away. And in that case, it's like, okay, well, uh, you're really not interested at all. And uh, I often get shopped by you know, competitors and that kind of stuff. So I asked him a few questions and he was so vague. Uh, and I'm like, okay, you're just a guy that is shopping around for a mate or something to see, uh, you know, how much they should charge if they're opening up their business or, you know, something like that. And um, so I asked him a few questions. I said, so tell me about your fitness goals. Oh, bulk. Um, <laughs> that's all he said, bulk. I said, okay. Um, so I said, are you... Uh, you know, training in a gym, working out, or following a nutrition, nutrition plan at the moment. Yep. Uh, which is that? Are you working out in a gym? Uh, yeah. Uh, you're following a nutrition plan? Yeah. Right. So now I know that he's really not telling me the truth because one is just being so vague first question I asked him was you were training in a gym or at home and he said yeah and then he you know he's just being really vague and evasive and I thought okay you're you know you're just window shopping here so I dug in a little bit more and uh, you know tried to find out um, you know, a little bit more about what he's doing he was very evasive and I said all right well tell me a little bit about your your fitness goal so you said you want to bulk, you see, yeah, want bulk up. I said, okay, so tell me what that looks like to you. How much would you like to put on? 10, 20 kilos. So now, again, more red flags. I'm thinking, okay, 
10 to 20 kilos. So you're talking about a 100% difference in what you're talking about here. You either want 10 kilos or you want 100% more than that and you want 20. Now, 20 kilos on a body is huge, huge. So I said to him, okay. I said, are you wanting to compete in bodybuilding competitions? I'm thinking, okay, this is a guy that, you know, like he sounded young, you know, like a guy that has seen some pictures in some magazines and stuff. Um, um, you know, he wants to look like these guys without understanding what's truly involved and whether they're on, uh, you know, performance enhancers and all that kind of stuff. So I said to him, okay, so what sort of weight are you at the moment? And he said, you know, he was saying like late, it sounded like he was late 60s, early 70 kilos. I'm like, okay, so now we're talking a, a fairly huge weight. So I know obviously that, uh, you know, com- the competitive bodybuilders that, um, you know, on are on uh, stuff, uh, you know, what sort of weights that they're weighing. And this guy sounds like he's got no clues whatsoever. Uh, so... Um, it clearly he's got no idea. No one says that, yeah, I want to gain between 10 to 20 kilos. That's like, okay. Yeah, I, people say they want to lose 10 to 20. It's like, well, which is it? Is it 20 or is it 10? Um, you know, it's like, and round numbers. People are talking round numbers. So like, okay, they're, they're just full of it. So I then dug a little de- deeper. And I said, so well, tell me a little bit about what you're doing at the moment. And he's like, oh, I'm just... You know, I'm I'm watching some videos on YouTube, and you know, I'm just doing that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh God. So, um, you know, more red flags, and you know, everything that I'm thinking at the start when he said, "Oh, how much?" I'm thinking, okay. So I just explained a little bit about being careful about what um, doing, what you you know want to do on. YouTube and what you're watching and what you're implementing and then I thought that this guy's just completely wasting my time and he's really not genuinely interested at all so I um, I explained to him how my programs work and I said uh, look the minimum amount of time that people work with me is 12 weeks um, and I said, I don't accept anyone that wants to work with me less than 12 weeks. I said, you can't come in just for a session. Um, it's got to be 12 weeks. And I explained why. And he said, oh, so I could do a, a session over 12 weeks? And I said, no, the minimum you could do is one session a week for 12 weeks. And he said, oh, right, right. And so he gave him the price and stuff. And I said, look, I said, does that sound like it's within your budget? And he said, oh, he said, look, yeah, maybe, um, but I've got to be honest, you're, you're the first person I've called. So I thought, oh, gee, really? And he said, look, I'm, I'm just calling around to see how much people charge. And I said, look, um, let me give you a tip. I said, if you are wanting to buy on price and you want the cheapest, then I said, don't bother coming to me. Um, I said, you, you will always find somebody that is cheaper. But I said, here's what you need to keep in mind. I said, you've got, and I just ran through the different things. I said, you've got to make sure that they're accredited, they're insured, that they have a website, a professional website, that they have testimonials, lots of success stories, that they've been around for a long time, that they're not just running 
some sort of hobby, um, that they will do an individually tailored meal plan for you because that's what you need, especially if you want to achieve that goal of yours. And um, yeah, I could tell that it was just kind of all going over his head. He wasn't really listening. I told him, he asked for the price about three or four times. I gave him the price and he said, oh, oh, let me just write that down. I'm like, okay, it's not that hard to remember. I've given you two prices and, uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm not going to hear from this guy again and that's no surprise. And, you know, I don't want to be working with people like that. Now, I was still polite and I gave him all the information and I said to him, look, you don't know what you don't know when it comes to your food. I said, you might be doing something thinking that, you know, you're doing the right thing, but it's all around the nutrient timing and um, the volume of food, quantity of food and stuff. And that's when he told me that it was, you know, just looking at some stuff online and YouTube and stuff. Like just looking at, you know, some free stuff that you can get online and just kind of hoping for the best. And that's, that's no way to come up with a structured plan to optimize your health. Um, so look, I like to feel that I can help give everybody some useful advice and um, hopefully he listened listen to me and he's going to you know, go and search for somebody that's got the, the qualifications that I do and give him the guidance that, uh, that he needs because he lives locally and he'll find someone that'll be cheaper because there's so many people that just operate out of a garage that might charge 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, something like that. And, uh, you know, he'll go and do something for a while and he's just not going to get a complete transformation, which is a shame because, uh, you know, the young people generally don't have that, that much money and they think that by going to a a personal trainer that they're going to you know, get these better outcomes but it's just like any profession there are so many uh, you know good ones and bad ones out there more bad ones than good ones but because uh, the number of people in the industry is so huge there are so there are so many out there and that's why there's more bad ones than good ones and most people don't run it as a business um, I mean, I look at the trainers that are in the, the gym that I go and train at when I'm not training in the studio, and you can tell that they don't run it as a professional business by the way that they conduct themselves, the way that they dress, the way that they talk to their clients, the way that they're recording their details, the way that they do consultations or not, um, you know, the fact that they don't do fitness assessments and all that kind of stuff, the types of meal plans that are, I see that they're spitting out for people, and I've actually seen meal plans because I've had um, clients that have uh, used them and show me their meal plans and it's like man this is some generic thing that they've spat out and um, you know the times that I'm there I never see anyone that does a repeat session so you know they're not they're going from one session to the next hoping that they're going to continue into another session uh, so they have no they have no plan and you know that's that's really disturbing. So, uh, you know the the landscape has changed so much from when I was a, a young lad and and joined a gym, and uh, the person that owned the gym ran the gym 
and was uh, generally a somebody that was passionately into their health and fitness and was usually a competitor in whether it was weightlifting, bodybuilding, something like that. Now, I would always um, you know, follow the advice of a good bodybuilder that has good nutrition, especially a natural one that has got some really good uh, results for themselves and um, you know, has a, a solid, sustainable nutrition plan because they know how to train. They know the discipline, they know the mindset that's required, and they know the exercises that are required. And the one that uh, I joined uh, 30 odd years ago, uh, he was a, a professional bodybuilder. He was also a powerlifter, and he was just huge. And I was just in awe of his uh, his body and the people that he used to train with. I'm like, wow, you know, how do you get a body like that? You now I subsequently learned that you know they were taking steroids and and so forth. Um, but the training technique and the you know, the food and everything was, uh, you know, just um, first class for where I wanted to get to. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's disappointing. So this is the question for you. Do, you. do you shop based on price or value? And you might say, well, for the some things I shop on value, some things I shop on, uh, shop on price. Um, I think ultimately, if no matter what the price is, if the quality is absolute rubbish, then at some point you're going to stop and say, hang on, I'm not going to do that anymore. Take your food, for example. If you're uh, always buying, say, a certain type of food, let's say it's vegetables, and you're always buying vegetables uh, because they're super cheap, but you know, you're finding that the quality is not great, the nutrient value is not great, uh, which you're not going to know unless you have a... You're going to know if you don't feel good, if it doesn't taste good, uh, but you're not going to know the nutrient value unless you have some lab testing done on it. But let's just say that you found that out. I'm sure you would say, hmm, okay, maybe I'm going to buy the next level up because this isn't giving me the outcome that I want. And, uh, you know, generally when it comes to our food, we'll probably be guided by taste. So if you buy it and you like it, then you'll probably keep buying it if it's cheap. If it's cheap, you don't like it, you'll go somewhere else. Uh, you know, it's like your, your, the cheap Easter eggs that you buy. You know, the cheap Easter eggs from the, you know, the $2 shop or whatever, they look like uh, an Easter egg, but they don't taste like the branded ones. They're almost like no taste. Uh, so in those cases, you generally invest in the next level up. It's like your car, like your car. If you buy a, um, you know, a luxury car versus a absolute low entry, bottom of the market, cheapo type car. Now, your luxury brand, let's say you're spending a couple of hundred thousand dollars on a car, then obviously there in our country, you're paying a lot in luxury tax. You're paying a lot for the brand. But there is an element of you're paying for better componentry as well, a better mo- a better motor. Um, it's better put together. Um, you know, longer uh, warranties. You know, all that kind of stuff. Versus a car that is not going to um, last as long or run as well and serve you as well. I know for 
uh, a case that I used to have. Um, I'm not going to name the, the brand, but uh, I bought a brand of car before this one actually, and uh, it was a great car. It had uh, you know plenty of boot space for uh, for travelling uh, with the kids and suitcases and stuff, and also for boot camp had heaps of heaps of space in there. Uh, but they stopped making that type of car, and um, you know there was a couple of instances where the car actually broke down and it needed to be towed. It's like I've never had a car where I've had to have it towed before. Um, so just having a drink, and I I took it back to the the manif- well, you know the uh, the dealer where I bought it from actually. And sometimes I think these dealers, they just, you know, it's a bit of a scam the whole system, but, uh, you know, the way they overcharge you and stuff. And anyway, so it cost me over $1,000 to get this thing fixed. And they said, yeah, you'll be fine now. A week later, uh, I remember Angela was driving and she got stuck in the middle of a roundabout and broke down and had to be towed again. And um, they said, oh, it had nothing to do with, you know, this something else. And it's like... How much extra is this thing going to keep costing me? So for after that happened, I just determined that this was a really unreliable car. It wasn't super old, and it was time to get rid of it. So that's when I bought this one. So that was 10 years ago. Uh, this is a 2009 model. and So I drive a Mazda now. So I decided to buy something that was a better value, uh, something that uh, safety was really important for me uh, because having the, the two young kids as they were at the time, and making sure that it was really reliable because of my past experience, um, making sure it was reliable. Um, So Mazda, you know, first grade, comes out of Japan. Um, You know, I've never known anyone that's had a Mazda that's had problems with it. Our previous car was a Mazda. Angela, in fact, still drives that. Hers is like 15 years old. And, um, you know, I've never had a, a problem with it. Now, I can tell you that I will never, ever buy um, that same branded car that I had again, purely because of my experience and the, the flavour in my mouth that left from dealing with that dealer. That dealer's shut down now, uh, but um, purely from that experience. So I would spend a little bit more to get much better. So I think when it comes to your weight loss, your body transformation, I always encourage people to shop around on a budget for their food, but you've got to also get the quality. So I make sure that, so I buy my, so my meat, for instance, I buy from our local bulk butcher uh, because you can save, you know, sometimes 50% per kilo um, uh, in, in many instances. Uh, the vegetables, I tend to buy from the local uh, green grocer where you can get them a bit cheaper or I will buy the frozen uh, the frozen ones and uh, making sure that they're really good quality so uh, you know I'll test things out and if they taste good and I, I know they're good then I will I will keep buying those so one of the things that I've I've done just this year actually I couldn't tell you how many months that I've been doing it, but probably most of this year, is we've got an Aldi. So I know there's Aldi in Europe. I think it comes from Germany or something originally, but um, Aldi 
uh, in Australia here is like the, well, I suppose you've got the two big supermarkets here. You've got Coles and Woolworths. Then you've got IGA and Aldi. I don't know which one shares the, the bigger um, bigger portion of the, the market there. But Aldi is very clever with their products. And, um, you know, they're, they're usually all Australian. Uh, and they pretty much go to the same factories where the other stuff is made, the branded stuff. Uh, but they put their own brand on it. And it's cheaper. So um, I find with their, um, I've used their meats before. I've used the, I use their veg, veggies. I use them, um, their salads and stuff. And you can save, you know, like easily probably twenty, thirty dollars per shop, depending on what it is that you're you're buying. I tend to buy the, my fresh stuff there, and um, you know. But to start with, I was skeptical, um, so I tried it and noticed that actually, do you know what? This fruit tastes fresher than this other fruit. And, uh, you know, the salads taste better than these other salads from the, the bigger brands. And they're a dollar or two dollars cheaper. So, do you know what? I think I'm going to keep going with these ones. So, uh, yeah, I think um, when it comes to your supplementation, uh, you certainly don't want to just take something for the sake of taking it. This is where, you know, what's on the bottle, written on the bottle, is not necessarily in the bottle. And the, me using the Isogenics products is a great example of that. And, uh, you know, just how, <coughs> excuse me, how much better I feel now being on high-quality products. And, uh, you know, you've got to see it as an investment in your health. And I think this is the difference, making sure that you do see when it comes to your health, that it is investing, making smart decisions about it. Because, you know, like the example I was talking about before, when it comes to your coaching, a great coach will give you the results you're looking for in a faster time frame and set you up for success. So I say to people, you know, when you come to me, you're finding a solution for the last time. It's not the next time, it's the last time. Because... I will give you everything that you need to know. It's all science-backed. I've been using it through my body for um, you know over 30 years. I can tell you what's going to work and why it's going to work. Uh, I'll teach you everything so that you can empower yourself to do this forever as opposed to let's just do something and see what happens. And that's what I see um, you know, with a, a lot of other places. And that's what this guy's going to find. He's either going to keep just sticking in the gym or he'll go to somebody for a few sessions. He'll find somebody where he can do maybe five sessions and he'll do five sessions and then, you know, just see how he goes. Like he was talking about his form and oh, I'm not quite sure about my form. It's like, yeah, well, you're just watching YouTube videos and how are you picking that? I mean, YouTube is so random. You can just search anything and say, oh, okay, look, this is how, do box jumps and you know, clean and jerks and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, these are a highly technical manoeuvres that not everybody should be doing. And you don't know whether your body's right for doing it. And just because somebody's recorded and put it on YouTube and think, oh, that looks cool, why are you doing it? How does that relate to your goal? Um, you know, you might want to build muscle. It doesn't mean you have to do like a clean and jerk or... Um, um, you know, box jumps or any of those sorts of things. 
podcast. So my advice to you today is always look for the value. Now, if you can get the value for a great price, then awesome, but always look for the value because value is always going to take you further in the long term. So it's still raining. I'm still on the way to the, I was going to say the golf course, <laughs> the airport, and hopefully I can make the flight. I will, uh, I will report back in tomorrow. You'll hear all about it. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you from Sydney. All right, see you then. Bye.